The Fight Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. You are listening to The Fight Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm the host of the Soccer Gambling Podcast. I'm at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. I'm also at BetMUFC because I'm the host of the BetMUFC Podcast. That's at BetMUFC. And you can also follow me on Twitter at LockBetting.com. That is the premium pay service that has delivered 110 months in a row of transparent track profit. The website is lockbetting.com. The Twitter is at lockbetting.com, so lockbetting.com without the dot. If you want to sign up, August is a great month to sign up because that's when we release all of our futures. So you can get futures for the Premier League, for the Tennis US Open, for La Liga, for Serie A. 
and everything else. And these futures hit at 81% all time for plays at one unit and above. If you want to do your research, look at the pin tweet at lockbetting.com. There is a PL posted for the month of July. If you want to do further research, go down to the bottom of that PL. PL stands for profit and loss sheet. Look at the bottom and you'll see tags. They say things like soccer, boxing, tennis, etc. One of them says PL. Click on the PL tab. You'll see all of the other previous PLs. You can see the stakes, you can see the sports, you can see the types of plays. And most importantly, you can see members' comments at the bottom verifying the fact this service has been undefeated for 110 months. 110 months is nine years and two months. And another way of thinking about it is that we are just 10 months away from being able to say, I haven't had a single single losing month in sports betting in a decade. So if you want to get involved, head over to lockbetting.com. One of the guys who helps with that service when it comes to boxing is my colleague. You've heard him numerous times on the show. It is Mr. Jeff Cohen. Hey, Bill. How you doing? How you doing? Have you been uh, witnessing goalkeepers scoring goals for your team? Getting oh, you out of jail? Uh, typical QPR. Only QPR can be 2 nil down, playing awful for 87 minutes, and then score firstly a direct free kick which we haven't done for about six years. So that was the first thing in the 87th minute. And then in the 93rd minute, our goalkeeper goes up for a corner, connects with the first header and it gets cleared back out, crosses back in and our goalkeeper scores a 93rd minute equaliser. And to make it even more QPR, in the 94th minute, they went down our end and he made two absolutely unbelievable world-class saves. So they actually nearly won the game. 3-2 3-2 after us being 2-0 down um, but as I said I'm a QPR fan and anyone that watches QPR will know who's back QPR will know that that is the most QPR thing that they could possibly do be 2-0 down playing awful and draw 2-2 typical um, but yeah apart from that it's been uh, it's been good I'm looking forward to this and we've got some cracking fights coming up haven't we I was just looking earlier we've obviously got the, the big fight tomorrow you've got the Eubank Ben fight I think you've got Crawford uh, Spence pretty much you know nearly done um got Ruiz Junior Ortiz um I think in the next day or two um and obviously Triple G against Canelo um in September so um yeah it's, it's an amazing few months actually I'm already in Manchester, so I'm trying to dig out somewhere to watch the fight tomorrow without having to put it on my laptop. I don't want to pay £27 to watch it on a laptop, so I'm going to be looking at what bars will take me and Austin tomorrow, because I'm in Manchester super early, um, just to... um, just, just, to, just, just because I've just come back from the US, and I just figured it would just be easier just to get straight here, and um, and sort out all my unpacking and all that crap and stuff when I get home and get back to life properly next week. But I mean, I think it'd be better for me mentally and for my health if I just did football betting and didn't support a team because this team are fucking gonna, <laughs> this team are gonna are gonna end me. I, I, it's, I can't I can't believe what I was like. People from the the group the group chat that we're in, your your mates, your QPR fans were texting yeah. me going, What's going on? We we hate Brentford, we hate this as well. It was crazy, mate. I mean I don't actually you know Brentford, I they hate QPR, Fulham hate QPR. They sing songs about us. I don't even I used to go and watch Brentford because for many, many years, you know, they were below us. They're actually they're flying at the moment. Um fair fair play, good luck to them and if you think about it, it's first ever season in the Premier League last year and in the last say three or four months they smashed Chelsea 4 I think 4-1 at their place they smashed United 4-0 at home so they can walk around pretty much the whole of their kids schools where everyone's United fans Chelsea fans and they're laughing this is it and like Brentford 
it's absolutely fair play to them. You know, they've uh, they run the club brilliantly. And do you know what? How can, for years and years, you know, QPR, I was there when QPR beat, Man- uh, beat United for one New Year's Day. Um, you know, and, and back in 1990, I think, one or two, um, I was also there when QPR, you know, beat Chelsea. Um, you know, when uh, Helks scored the penalty in the Warnocks game. So, they're like few and far between, but Brentford have had two of these results literally in the last six months. It's crazy, but good luck to them. Yeah, they're a... Um... They're an underdog at Fulham tomorrow, uh, which I found weird because obviously Fulham are carrying some um, some popularity from drawing against Liverpool. So I don't know how Brentford are an underdog at Fulham tomorrow, but they are. So I'll be having a look at that um, once once I start putting my my football bets out tomorrow. But I want to um, I want to move on to this because I've been looking normally like you know I start looking at my at my football stuff. Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, after after the, after the weekend's Premier League, um, but I've been looking at this fight all week. I've been looking at this fight for about a month. Um, it's it's a weird one. I don't really look back and forth at things this much, just simply because it feels so important. Like obviously, people are talking about the big unification fight or whatever, but whoever gets through this and, and does go through that unification fight, there'll be another one. There'll be a rematch after that. For Anthony Joshua, who's been, who was, you know, yes, this this heavyweight division has moved forward and it's moved forward with Tyson Fury. But the big guy on top, the first one, and as much as we didn't we didn't like it at the time because it drew in so many casual fans and so many casual opinions, the guy that that rejuvenated this 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 heavyweight division that's been dead since Lennox Lewis has been gone. I don't care what people say about the Klitschko's. As soon as they started taking heavyweight boxing into into Germany and, and places around Eastern Europe and whatever, this division was dead. It was um it was it was Lewis that picked it up from from Tyson and it was Joshua that picked it up from Lewis. Um and so you have to give him credit for that. But he's at the point now where I feel that if he loses, he's got no one left to fight. He's got nowhere to go. He's going to have to start at the bottom again. He's going to have to like build up wins to just to get to the point where he's even in a conversation because everybody will say you can't beat Usyk, you can't beat Tyson Fury. You're not in the conversation anymore. That that's how serious this fight is, I think, for for him. And and I mean, and, and, and in, in order to realize how serious it is, you need to remember who he was and what a pedestal he was put on by certain fans um, mm. ju- just not so long ago. I mean, Bill, you're right in what you say. Though the, the slight disagreement I've got is that Joshua is such a big name, regardless of how good he is or how how, you know, how, um, how good we think he is, he's such a big name. I had this conversation with a friend um, at the weekend and if Joshua, say he did lose, let's just, just say he did lose. Oh, I know. know what you're going to say. I, 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 what, I, let, me, let, me just, let me just let me just make my point clearer. I mean, in terms of people genuinely believing he belongs there, is what I mean. Like in terms, with, in terms yeah, of people taking him seriously, I, I don't think that he will fade away. But in terms of people saying, "Oh, right, this fight makes sense," do you know what I mean? If that makes more sense yeah. now, yeah. Because because you know, as I say, there's still. If for instance, he lost and he lost convincingly, and he gave it two or three months, I don't think he'd have a tune-up fight. And let's just say, for argument's sake, they announced. Joshua Joe Joyce or Joshua Wilder. Joshua Wilder would sell out Wembley Stadium regardless of what he does tomorrow. So he's got longevity in him simply because he draws fans in. And the only other thing I would say on your original point was that Joshua definitely, he kind of galvanised the the heavyweight division and made it almost glamorous again. But Fury beating Klitschko is what unlocked it. 
Um, Fury unlocked it and then Joshua glamorized it. And obviously Fury's uh, abilities and how good he is as a boxer is now kind of sewn the division up almost, um, apart from Yusek, who has all of the belts. But, uh, you know, I don't know that those two will, will meet. Um, I'm not sure with Fury whether he'll retire. I mean, if Joshua does win tomorrow night, then that is the biggest fight, you know, potentially in boxing history. So, you know, Joshua uh, Fury at Wembley Stadium, um, if it was there, would be, um, you know, a one, one in a million fight. But we don't know um, what Fury's, you know, where he's at. You never know with Tyson Fury. Is this going to be a case of us finding out at the end of tomorrow whether Joshua should have gone away, taken two other fights, fought a Chisora, fought a Dylan White, fought fights that were more winnable, rebuilt his confidence and, re- and sort of found a way back to the old Anthony Joshua because people are saying, oh, if he, if he needs to win this, it needs to be the old AJ. But mm. he, that's kind of like, for me, feels like turning on a switch. It's, it's as simple as turning on a switch. Or, from your perspective, should he have taken two fights to actually become that properly and physically and statistically rather than him taking this fight again and saying, okay, I'm going to turn that switch on now? How difficult is that to do? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think uh, if Joshua would have took two, two, five, let's just say he fight Jerry Pizzora and he, uh, he knocks him out in, in three or four rounds potentially, right. then he fights another, I don't know, an Andy Ruiz almost. I don't think that will prepare him any better to fight Usyk. Usyk is an absolute specimen. You know, he's a pugilist, and nothing Joshua can do is gonna is gonna prepare him any better. You know, two tune-up fights won't prepare him any better. It's probably better that he goes straight in. So you feel like you feel like without those fights, he doesn't need to rediscover. There is a switch, no. or, and 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 there's also an element where he where he says, "I know exactly how I lost." Yes, yeah, and also as I say, if he beats, you know, if he did have a tune-up fight, let, let, let's just say it with Derek Chisora, um, and let's just say he knocked Chisora out in three or four rounds. That's going to bring nothing other than people saying, well, of course, Joshua, we expected that. It's not going to prepare him any better. I believe that his next, his last fight that he lost to Usyk, he's hungry, you know, that the fire's in the belly. Now's the right time because the only way he possibly, and, and this is what his team have said and he knows, to beat Usyk is to go and try, as you said, and be the old Anthony Joshua. But um, he has to do it while he's kind of got fire in his belly and whatnot, because two tune-up fights is not going to, you know, he's not going to prepare him any better, in my opinion. I think he's done the right thing. Um, you know, he... I think it's, it's the right thing to do, because yeah, I opened the division right up again, where it puts it to bed, with regards, as you said, to people saying Joshua's at this level. Uh, and I, I think, you know, it was, it, was, it was the right thing to do, to take this, this immediate rematch. And, and, and with that said, like, do you feel that he, he, he carries, if he, if he knows what he did wrong, does he carry that significant danger into the fight? Because for me, it, this, is, this is a very strange division because I feel like Fury overcame his most dangerous obstacle, which was 36 minutes being in there with, with, with Dillian White. Uh, uh, sorry, being in there with, um, with Dante Wilder. I, I feel like that was the most dangerous fight that, that Fury could have took could have took. Um whereas if um Usyk comes through this fight and then he's calling out um Tyson Fury and Tyson Fury doesn't feel like he can take it and then somehow Usyk is aligned with Dante Wilder again on the on his comeback tra- on this combat on this combat trail. Did I say Dante Wilder earlier or have I said Dylan White twice there by accident? No, you said you said White then then put Wilder. Um Yeah, yeah, that's what that's yeah. that's what I meant, sorry. Um yeah, I, I think that 
uh, getting back to my point, I think Fury took his most dangerous fight and overcame it. But I still feel that if Usyk gets past Joshua here, then and and Fury doesn't want the fight, and Dylan White, uh, sorry, and Wilder gets back into this picture because he's because he's announced that he's going to be making a comeback this week. That that again then becomes a dangerous fight for Alexander Usyk because no matter how much weight you put on, no matter how how skillful you are, at the end of the day, this is a this is not a legitimate heavyweight boxer, and I don't think that if he's hit. By AJ properly, or by by Dante Wilder, you can say anything about him. You can say, "Oh, he's a war machine. He's 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 um, he's fighting for his country," and all these stupid casual points that I've heard this week. It doesn't matter. You can be fighting for y- your wife could be strapped up to a bomb. If you get hit by one of these heavyweights and you're fighting for her life, you're going to go out. So. How, how does that factor in in terms of when you're looking at Joshua and even a bigger puncher like Wilder getting back in here? Yeah, I mean, it is a good point. And, and one thing I will say, just as a slight going off on, on a tangent, you know, you, and this is someone who I really, really rate and I really like. Um, if Tyson Fury, as you say, decides, you know, he is, he has had enough and, and, and the division open up, then straight up, um, you're going to have the winner of Joe Joyce and, and Joe Parker because he's a number one ranked, I think, WBO. And I really like Joe Joyce. And I think Joe Joyce is a problem for any heavyweight in the world, barring Fury. Um, so if Usek wins or Joshua, whatever happens, Joe Joyce is going to be a mandatory. So you're going to find that Joe Joyce's next fight, if he gets past Joseph Parker, um, will be a world title fight um, for one of the winners, I would imagine, uh, of this one. If, if Tyson Fury doesn't come back um, and I really like Joe Joyce so Wilder is there but Wilder's going to need to earn his spot again um, And but Joe Joyce is there he's the number one um, and if he beats Parker Joe Joyce is in the driving seat to fight for, for a belt yeah and that's kind of the thing like that's kind of the opinion I, I don't think that promoters would want to put out there where obviously they've had three fights between uh, Wilder and, and, and Fury and yeah. obviously Fury's at the top of the division and they're, and they're trying to promote Joshua Fury. They're trying to promote um, Fury, versus, uh, Fury versus Usyk and they're, they're trying to make credible opponents for Fury. But uh, has Fury overcome his biggest threat? And if Fury steps aside, does Wilder just come in and, and beat everybody? Because it's just so difficult to go in there for 36 minutes and, and survive Wilder hitting you one time because I still am of the belief... This is just my opinion that the biggest the biggest trilogy has happened, and the uh, the uh, the two people in that trilogy beat everybody else. And if Usyk goes in there against Wilder, Wilder will find his chin. And if Usyk uh, if Usyk go, uh, if Joshua goes in there against Wilder, Wilder will find his chin. Or am I giving too much credit to to Dante Wilder? Am I looking past what is somewhat a, a a padded record other than the last six or seven fights that he took because i was i was mostly i, I was i was mostly impressed by what he did um, and the opponents he took leading up to to fury because i don't think there was much there in the first in, in the first part of that record but when he started to knock out legitimate like contenders where people were turning around and going oh you know um this is a tougher fight and we'll see what wilder's made of here and there he just never seemed to get any respect at all? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think uh, he what he did. Um, he was losing to, uh, to Ortiz. Ortiz yeah, that's he? that's um, the main one. Yeah. Seven, then he detonated uh, on his chin, and, and that was it. And no one's ever done that to, to Ortiz. Um, and you know, you're quite right in what you say. I mean, 
Wilder, you know, we both like him um, and he is the biggest puncher in the division. Um, I think we've got to be a bit careful to say Wilder will, will land. Usek is is a, you know, he, he boxes like a middleweight, uh, heavyweight. And whilst the size difference is, you know, is playing a factor, um, I, I'm not so sure we can just say that, that Wilder would land because I remember when Tyson Fury boxed Wilder um, and everyone said, you know, Wilder can't look at him. Windmills, da 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 but when he did connect... I don't. I actually think that that Usyk will be harder to hit than Fury. Um, Fury is quite an easy fighter to hit. Funnily enough, and you look at when he's been put down. You know, Steve Cunningham put him down. You know, you look at um, you know uh, numerous fights where Fury and the Wilder trilogy. Um, you know, he get caught. Fury actually, you know, as good as he is, he, you know, his his defense isn't fantastic, and he's open to be chinned. And Usyk's defense and movement is unbelievable. I was reading up, and Usyk has has never been put down. Um, as a professional fighter, he's lost once and, and put one put down once um, in the amateurs. Um, but he is very, very difficult to hit. And with the size, um, obviously Wilder doesn't carry as much weight as Fury. Um, you know the danger's always there, and you're quite right. If Wilder lands, I actually think Usyk will be harder to hit for Wilder than Fury was, um, because Fury, as I say, he's quite open sometimes, and uh, it's definitely a, you know a fight that. that they say styles make fights, and those two, obviously, you've got Wilder swinging, swinging madly and, and landing, and you've got Usyk, who um, is very difficult to hit. So um, it will definitely be a good fight if it happens. But no. um, like I say, Joe Joyce, for me, is going to be the next one looking at you know, tomorrow's fight because he has a chance against anyone in the world. Um, technically, he's not great, but the engine Joyce has and the chin and the intensity that Joyce goes in is phenomenal i've never seen anything like it and i think fury even said you know he was one of the hardest spars that he ever had because joe joyce is is a machine coming at you in round 12 with the same intensity that he does in round one Let, let's have a look specifically at tomorrow's fight because mm. this 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 win for joshua if he can get it will will reopen things up um in some ways but in others it almost i don't really know what you root for here like with Usyk. Busek wins and Fury really doesn't want to fight him. It opens it up to the jo- Joe Joyce's of the world and it does somewhat become a more wide open division. But from a marketing standpoint, the heavyweight division goes backwards. It goes, I think, to a place where it hasn't been since about 2000, I would say 2015, 16. I think it goes way back when I, I don't think Joe Joyce and Usyk um, it's going to be a big hit on pay-per-view. I don't think it's going to be a stadium show. But at the same time, if you're not looking for boxers and you're looking at box office, the box office benefit would be Joshua winning. But that in its own way holds up the division for about two years because AJ and Joshua are going to fight and then they're going to fight again the following year. So it's almost like two years out. What, what's Jasora going to do? What's White going to do? What's, what's Joyce going to do? What's Parker going to do? What's Wilder going to do? Um, it's, it's a weird one in terms of what, what result you're pulling for as a boxer and what result you're pulling for as a fan. Um, the odds have Alexander Usyk at exactly what AJ was last time when we picked Usyk to win. So it's gone to the complete reverse, like absolute one, 180. Um, Usyk's now one to two, which is what Joshua was. Joshua's thirteen to eight, which is what Usyk was. He's sixteen to one on the draw. Um, he's thirteen to eight via TKO for Usyk. He's two to one via decision, um, which is bigger. Um, no, it's sorry, it's not. It's the same as what he was last time. I'm trying to think 
Um, what we picked, yeah, it was it was the same as what it was last time, two to one. Um, AJ seven to one via decision and five to two via TKO KO, um, which I think is his only route to victory. So I, I would be swerving the um, the winner of the fight at thirteen to eight and be going straight for the TKO KO. Um, I, I, I just don't see Joshua winning it on the cards. There's, there's no way he'll be up after thirty six minutes. Yeah, no, I, don't, I agree with you, Bill. I mean, if, if we're looking at the fight itself, I mean, I did some some research as well into because it is, as you said at the beginning of the, of the, the, the show, Bill, I, I'm the same. Initially, you come in and you think you sick, and then I got this was like two or three months ago. I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking Joshua's going to be so hungry. And I think we spoke about it. And we said how hungry for the first time ever. You and I were going actually, Joshua may well do this, and then. I started looking at the camps and the weights, and then I took the factor in of Usyk going to Ukraine, which I think was a little bit, obviously he cares and whatnot, but I think that was a little bit to kind of, you know, a little bit, you know, as a publicity stunt. I don't think he was ever actually out there, you know, in the trenches as such. But, you know, I thought, will that affect him? But then obviously the fight was agreed, and he's had, you know, a good couple of months, and he is, you know, a consummate professional. So he's been, you know, in camp, and I, and I looked at it, and Usyk has come in exactly the same weight as what he was in the first fight. Now, some of the media viewings and footage that we saw, Usyk looked like he'd piled on the pounds and was muscular. He's exactly the same weight as he was in the first fight. Joshua is four pounds heavier. Um, which goes um, with the uh, notion that, that everyone's thinking that Joshua's going to go in there and, and, and go for the for the power shots and the knockout because we know, he knows, everyone knows, apart from his last coach, Rob McCracken, that Joshua is not going to outbox Alexander Usyk ever. So I, I thought only, he would be even heavier than that, to be honest. Like, no, he's four pounds heavier than what he was in the first fight. Yeah, um, I thought I thought he would be. I thought he would be closer to to eight to ten pounds heavier at least. Like, if you, if you really want to establish that that element of the fight. Well, that's the thing. And a lot of people saying if Usyk has pulled the pounds on it, is that going to affect his speed and movement? I didn't think it would, and he hasn't, so it won't. But for me, and I agree with you, this fight, I do not believe this fight goes the distance. Um, and it leads me on to, to you know, to, I picked four bets for this. And it was quite nice to pick these bets because the bets that I actually really fancied, truly... Are decent prices, you know. We're not looking at you know stuff where it's you know even money or just under. And I, I think, I mean, we, I think we all know it would be amazing if this isn't the case that Joshua comes out and tries to bully him and beat him and use his strength and his power. I think he has to do that. If he doesn't do that, then the same result. So he's going to do that. And on that basis, which you know is what you know I'm basing these bets on, I think um, I think Usyk wins the fight. Let's get one thing straight. But I'm not going to back him at, at ten to eleven or one to two, whatever it was. So I think early, I think Joshua's going to go for this because two things. He has to go for it early because I think, you know, that's the only way, in my opinion, he will win this. To go for it early and try and beat him and dominate him, you know, and, and get in close and land the shots and, and fight on the inside and, and, and lean on him and all the, you know, the, the heavyweight stuff that Fury does. So if that's the case and that happens, then Joshua's got to kind of do this early-ish or at least mid-rounds. Because if he doesn't, and we all know this happens, Joshua tends to gas because of the size uh, of him. And if that happens, then Usyk, you know, is playing into his hands. So by going in early and throwing the shots, he's going to be more vulnerable and more vulnerable and more open. And if he's more vulnerable more open, that means it allows Usyk to pick him off. Um, and, you know, if he's picking him off and he's, he's open, then that means that Usyk can land those shots. So for my first bet, I got it uh, nine to four. Um, with Ladbrokes, Joshua to be knocked down two or more times in the fight at nine to four. 
So that means just twice or more to be knocked down, nine to four, because I believe he will. I think Usyk, uh, this is another great bet, Usyk to score a knockdown in any round between one and six, five to two. So just to score one knockdown, five to two, which I believe he will, because Joshua's going to go for it. Joshua's going to be throwing big bombs early. I think some of the boxes like Usyk does, he's going to find the gaps, you know, find the vulnerability and land. And I think Joshua... He's going to get caught early because simply he's got to go for it. If he sits back and tries to box off the jab again, like he did uh, the last fight, it's not going to work. So those two bets there to begin with, Joshua to be knocked down two or more times in the fight, nine to four, and Usek to score at least one knockdown in rounds one to six is five to two. Um, going into to what I think is you know, actually going to happen uh, result-wise, Usek um, into winning rounds one to six is seven to one. And Usek to win in rounds five to eight is six to one. So basically, you're getting seven to one or six to one um, up to round eight. Now, the reason I think it's going to, as I said, I think it'll be over. Not early. I don't think it's going to distance because I think Joshua's going to get caught or gas. And Usek is too good. Usek is such a good fighter that I just cannot see him not winning this fight. And that is, that's where I've settled at now. Well, that's different from where, where we were at. Well, where, mm. we, where I thought we were at. Um, well, we I, I, we did change, and as I say, I've been going back and forth, Bill, with this. I just believe that Josh is going to go for it, and I think Usyk's going to going to exploit going to exploit him. And you know what? Uh, it's taken me a long time to get to that decision because normally you and I will speak, and we always normally agree. And we, the last fight, we both said Usyk wins this, and everyone said Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. But this one here, I just think I think we're going to see a a display of brilliance tomorrow from Usyk, and I think Usyk's going to actually blow him out of the water. Um, I could be wrong, but I just think that Josh is going to go for it, leave himself vulnerable, and Usyk will take full advantage. He is that good a fighter, Usyk, and he can bang. Look at the last fight. If it had lasted 20 seconds or stopped on time, Joshua would have gone. We're on very different pages here, I think, for the outcome, but I think we can find a bet that we can settle on together, mm. um, which is under 10 and a half rounds at 10 to 11. He's, um, that's, that's, that's the 50-50 mark for this fight. And I think that's mm. completely wrong. Um, I think I would have said it a lot lower, somewhere around about eight, 8.5. So I think mm. at 10.5, you're getting incredible value because not only do you get round 10, you get half of round 11 too. So yeah. all you need to do is for this fight to finish before halfway through the 11. So as long as the last four and a half minutes don't get boxed, you win. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically in some ways you're betting for it to not go the distance, but obviously you have to negotiate an extra four and a half minutes. And I don't think it will go the distance because I feel that Anthony Joshua has met the, the better boxer. Um, despite the fact one is the Olympic gold medalist and he can box to some level. And I think that may have got into his head because obviously with avenging the Andy Ruiz result, in some ways, there may have been some some ego there and some, obviously, I mean, I, I've been in the, um, I, I've been in a situation on, on, on social media and I've been in the public eye and whatever, and, and you want to tell people, fuck you, or have that, or or, mm. or, or, or shove things up people's ass, like, in, in that sense. And I think he may have gone too far in that direction with what he did against Andy Ruiz and then trying to do it against Alexander Usyk. There's different levels to this. Um, and I think now, you know, after after putting on that display and avenging that loss, we need to he needs to go back to what, what he was before. I, I feel that 
um, had he boxed that way the last time, he may have won, um, especially being at, at home. But I also feel that this isn't too far from home. This this whole deal and everything has been done by by Matchroom and DAZN and everything. So this is this is practically home territory. If you're looking at the fight being remotely close on the cards, um, AJ's going to get the nod, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think any of that's going to be relevant. I, I feel that the way this fight is won, if AJ goes down his path, if he listens <coughs> to what he's been told, um, which will be different stuff to what he's been what he's been told before, I feel he wins. I feel that if he comes in and it's ugly and he gets in and he's pushing and he's and he's bullying and he's and he's and he's hitting to and um, he's he's hitting to the body, which I feel that you, is a way where you can get to Usyk. As soon as we see the poker face of Usyk, who has the I think the best poker face in in boxing, um, because you never know what he's think what he's feeling for him to start crying. Uh, after he beat AJ by from the way that he was during fight week and the way he carried himself during that fight, like he could not give a fuck, like he was Mister, like he was like like he had ice in his veins, and then to actually be that emotionally overwhelmed by winning, I was surprised. Um, but if he can break that poker face, if he can get in there, put his weight on him, lean on him, do the things that in a bigger man he's meant to do, and if he can get to the point where Usyk actually complains to the ref about this then I feel that he could be en route to to, to getting that that stoppage um he only needs to land once on and or he only needs to land um significantly to to the body um and I, and I feel that there is a there is a way in there the, the way not to do things is to do what he did last time if he can fight almost the complete opposite fight um then he can win and let's not forget <coughs> in some scorecards I believe he only lost six or something, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't it? Did he only lose by? Was it was one of them one fifteen, one thirteen? I'm not. I can't remember. I, it I, was I, a lot closer than it should have been. I think we both it, it, we yeah. it at the time. It, it, it was. It was. It was a couple. I don't think were. I, I haven't looked this up, but I don't remember it being. I, I remember it not being as wide as it as it should have been. So, like I said, I don't think it will come into effect. But we do have one man here who fought the worst fight of his career. And we have another man here who I think fought very close to his best. At the same time, I think we're overlooking the fact that Bellew won rounds against Usyk um, and Chisora won rounds against Usyk. I don't think Usyk is what you and what others are making him out to be, um, especially coming up to this division. I think this is a big ask if Joshua comes in and tries to beat Anthony Joshua. But in saying that, <coughs> as soon as the bell rings for, if the bell rings for rounds seven, eight, etc., uh, then I think all, then I think Joshua's chance is gone. Um, I, he's not. Yeah, the he's longer not, it goes on yeah. after round six, the longer it goes on, the more it favours Usyk. Everyone knows that. Joshua knows that because he will gas quicker. Um, yeah. and he's going to be all tired. So and and, and the even as he was in round one to six. And even but even with me wanting my outcome to be um, Joshua winning this fight in the first eighteen minutes, I feel that if he doesn't, he will gas so significantly that I feel that the fight will finish in the next six to nine minutes uh, for mm. the for the for the extra two rounds. So if Joshua 
has emptied out of the tank, which is not going to be exactly in round six. It's probably going to be closer to round four or five where he's going to be out, which means Usyk will have a long time to pick him off for you to cash your bet. So I don't have any concerns here about it going the distance. I don't have any concerns about um, round 11 even starting. So I, I feel that AJ is going to empty out the tank. I think that will be enough to win. But if he does, if he, if he does, if he doesn't win by emptying out that tank, then Usyk is going to pick off a very gassed a very gassed what is he 18 what did he come in at 17 or so yeah he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of time to pick off a very gassed 17 stone man uh and and i feel that then then it will finish um quite abruptly after that Mm, i mean one of the other things in in joshua's defense and um, and in the kind of back in one of your points is that and i was one of the only few people that said this and i'm not really a massive fan of joshua but on the first (laughs) fight which everyone said he got comprehensively outboxed and whatnot Actually, look at Usyk's face after the fight. He had some big, like he had a cut. He had some. So Joshua caught him, you know, and that was with him trying to box conservatively off the jab. So if he caught him like that, you know, boxing conservatively, and he did, you know, his face wasn't in the great. So he definitely landed shots. Joshua does go in um, and land some. Let me let me ask you something as a boxer, because like we we can have like we can have loads of so-called experts on here. Mm. We can't have any many boxers on these shows. You've been in a fight where you trained for it, planned to do something, and it just didn't work, and you just didn't change it at all. Because this is what Joshua did. He did something. He was doing something that weren't working. So you would have thought rounds 8, 9, 10, he would have tried to take his head off and, and make sure that th- there was a stoppage. But he can just continue to seemingly go down this path. I don't know if he felt like he was winning or somebody told him that it was working well we could all see that it wasn't like have you ever just completely switch how difficult is it just completely switch up and be like all right everything we said we're going to do we're not going to do and also the other question is why did they ever go in to do what they what they started to do in that fight it's crazy, Bill. And, and answering your questions there, you do a camp. So even even at, uh, you know at the unlicensed level, which I fight at, um, you do a camp. You do a two two minimum two month camp, and you plan. You know you know you fight, and you see videos of them, and you plan to fight a style. So there, this is what I can't get. They were fighting, and they knew this. They were fighting technically with Fury, the best fighter in the in in the world to fight a true boxer. So why was their game plan? Clearly what it was, we're going to try and work off the jab. Typical, you know, classic Klitschko, one left, one, two, left hook or jab and move. You're never going to outbox him. So why, when they got a two-month camp uh, and did that, and after four or five rounds, it was clear that it wasn't working, the re- in answer to your question, it would then take Rob McCracken or whoever the coach is to say, it's not working, AJ, change. You now need to go for it. Now, that's going to put Joshua right away from what he's trained two, three months doing, he's going to be, you know, fighting in there almost off the cuff and throwing bombs that he's not prepared or, or trained to do and then he gets caught and put down. But you know what? If he'd have done that, he'd have probably had more chance of winning the first fight if after three or four rounds it was quite clear he was never going to outbox this fella. Um, but that's the other thing. You look at, uh, you know, people's styles. When Dillian White boxed uh, Tyson Fury uh, at Wembley Stadium a few months ago, he had a preparation two three month camp you know he was very very fit and his game plan was for one minute of the first round come out as a southpaw is that all they could come up to try and 
try and confuse Tyson Fury, two-month camp, and all he did was come out as a one-minute as a southpaw and then got outboxed even then uh, and was the old Dillian White. So you need to stick to your plan or have a plan. And if the plan isn't working, your corner man has to have the bollocks to say, it's not working, go for it. Now, it's very difficult to do that because they're asking him to, to off-the-cuff change. But Joshua has always had his most success as a fighter going to win. Um, he is not... Uh, a great, you know, boxer as such. He's not a Klitschko, you know, where they work off the jab, one's two hook. But what he is good at is putting his shots together, landing and being an intense pressure fighter. Um, so it's very difficult when you've trained in a camp to fight a certain way to A, change that and B, your corner man to have the, the, the balls to say, do you know what? This ain't working because that puts doubt into it. Maybe they thought that they could just carry on doing it in the first fight and he would land something. I don't know. And does that, and does that, and doing that in camp, does that come from comprehensively beating Andy Ruiz with the same tactic? Like, have they, did they somehow convince themselves that what worked for one guy would, would work for the other and this would be a new style that AJ would adapt? Mm, I think you're right. And do you know what was strange is that even before the, the Ruiz fight... But they're not, they're not, Joshua, com- they're not comparable. Like, like, Usyk beats Ruiz all day. Mm. But before the Ruiz fight... What you found is Joshua got all his success, um, and even when he beat Klitschko, was from being that pressure fighter, you know, landing them big shots and, and, you know, punches in bunches. But then all of a sudden, it's almost like they tried to sculpt him into this Klitschko where they wanted him to stand off and, and box behind his jab. And he's not a great boxer, per se. He's a very good fighter. He hits hard. He's a pressure fighter. He's got a very good finish, Joshua. When he smells a finish, he takes them out normally. But to try and make him become this almost like a Klitschko fighter that he's not, it's that was problem. They built him up. So when he lost the first Ruiz fight, he went back to the old, you know, Joshua grew his hair, went, you know, a bit, little bit like Rocky three going and trading with Apollo, you know, and uh, that's what he did. And he beat Ruiz. Um, but, you know, Ruiz hadn't trained. Ruiz didn't train for that fight at all. He, he just got the rematch. Um, he wasn't ready. But uh, to put Joshua in with a fighter and a boxer like Usek and say, work off your jab and front out boxing is crazy. And these are some of the best coaches in the world, you know, and, and, and how can that be their game plan to go in and say, right, you're bigger than him, but go and outbox him? Because you're never going to outbox him because he's too good, you sick. He's too good boxing-wise for anyone in that division, barring Fury, to go in there and outbox him. Uh, and the last thing would be that, like, this other narrative. Sometimes we come on this show and we get stuck with covering other people's narratives because mm. they're all out there and some, and we'll have casual listeners and they'll, they'll have heard these narratives and you feel obligated to start digging up other people's narratives and or, or squashing them as such yeah so there's this one out there where aj wasn't hungry he lost his hunger and now he's hungry again and, and all this what and but but Usyk's always hungry because he's still got a lot to fight for and now he's fighting for his country and like this kind of stuff really bugs me because i just feel that you're going out there as you're a you're you're, you're a professional athlete like so I, I don't feel that, okay, so there, there can be a point where, you, where you're, you're, you're coming back for, for money. I, I can understand when, I, I, I can actually pinpoint a point where, where Mike Tyson was no longer hungry and he was fighting for money, right? It was clear. And there was, but there was a real situation there, right? He, he needed, he needed to continue to fight him for, for money. It wasn't about hunger or boxing, right? That for me, 
doesn't exist with the accusations that are thrown at an AJ or a or a uh, or a Fury or a Conor McGregor in UFC. Like I, I just feel that we've. With Connor, you can you can see that there was there was distractions in terms of with with boxing, and then he decided to go up too much in weights. The Connor's ability, Connor's skill was managing to ridic- do ridiculous weight cuts when he was he was he was fighting in a division he was too big for, but he was able to lose the weight safely. That was his biggest skill, and he was able to carry his power through, and he was able to knock out much smaller guys. That was the Connor McGregor's secret. It wasn't a case of. He was this amazing fighter, and he was, and and that skill set was going to carry up the weights. No, when he moved up the weights, he was found out. It wasn't about hunger. With Anthony Joshua, it's not about hunger either. This is a case of making a making a big tactical mistake last time. Uh, it was a case of Andy Ruiz being in the case of Andy Ruiz. I felt like he overlooked his p- opponents. I look at specifics for every single defeat and every single reason. I'm not going to be lumped in with these media narratives or these casual narratives where you turn around and go just throw this easy excuse out oh the hunger went oh now the hunger's back oh but the other guy's hungry because his country at war this is yeah. such easy analysis it's so lazy like i don't i don't like to to i, I like to break it down and, and 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 look at a proper reason why someone lost or why someone won't win I mean, Bill, when you look at it, very true what you say. Let's take Andy Ruiz, for instance. If you've been, if you, if you've been in and around boxing and, and you've, you've, you've boxed at levels, they, boxing is about levels. Now, let me give an example. Andy Ruiz, for the Joshua, what we say, fanboys that don't know a lot about boxing, they look at Andy Ruiz and they say, look at him, he's small and fat. And then they base it purely on what their body looks like. There would have been some people that didn't know Tyson Fury. If you and then, then and when he won, country, and when he won, uh, they said, and when they won, they said, "Oh, he wanted it more." But do you know what? People don't realise that Andy Ruiz is a two-time Mexican national champion. He grew up with nothing, started with nothing. You know, he had to fight to survive. He's a very good fighter. Got very fast hands. And all these people, when he won, they didn't say, "Do you know what? Ruiz won because he hits hard. He's fast." They looked and they said, "Joshua wasn't ready." You could tell so there's something wrong in his build-up, blah, blah, blah. But they are overlook and underestimate Andy Ruiz. Exactly what Joshua, before the fight, he was having pictures done with him uh, like it was his friend. Um, and you can't do that in boxing. I went three, four weeks ago, I went in and I, I had to step in because there was a, a pullout. And I boxed an 18-year-old kid. I'm 44. This 18-year-old kid lived in the gym. Very good fighter. His dad owns the gym. And I went in there because he did. He sold a load of tickets, and I, 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 st- I st- stood in for his uh, the guy that pulled out. And the guy's a far better boxer than me as a boxer, but he didn't hit as hard as me. He hasn't got a good chin as me. And we went in there, and he won the fight, you know. But at certain times, when I landed on him, he knew about it. But he caught me with quite a few. I mean, one time I smiled at it. But the point being is, you look at him and you think he was a bit, you know, weighed less than me. He was much younger than me. But do you know what? He was a very good fighter. People might have looked at that and said, oh, Jeff, you know, he's, he's experienced, you know, he's got the weight, size. It doesn't matter. You, you don't look at what someone looks like. You look at how good they are. And Ruiz is a fantastic amateur career. You know, he's a, he was an ex-world champion. And that's the same thing. You look at that and you think, Joshua didn't lose that fight because he wasn't ready. He lost that because Ruiz is a bloody good fighter who can beat most fighters. You know, Joseph Parker was very lucky to beat Ruiz. So you're quite right in what you say. You know, they have these, these media narratives and people hide behind that. And, and, and Yusek lives in the gym. He's a consummate professional. He's always on weight. You know, he doesn't go over, balloon over like, you know, Ricky Atten used to. So if he wins again, it's because Yusek's one of the best fighters in the world, not because Joshua's had an off day. If Joshua wins, he becomes a three-time champion, 
the Glamour Boys back, the biggest fights are open for, for the promoters uh, and money. Yeah, Joshua's the, the, the big one. But, um, yeah, you're, you're quite right, mate. As I say, it's um, the media narratives, these, these easy, people take easy routes out. This is why he lost, because of this. And it was only this. No, no and, I, and I see ridiculous things like that going, oh, you know, my, my, um, usually, I'd always, I'd always pull for the British guy, but I think mm. it would be so important for, Ukraine for Usyk to win again. It's like it's not. It's nothing to do with two things and nothing to do with each other. One is a war, and one is a person yeah. that comes from the country who's having a boxing match. Like I don't. Yeah. Um, it's always it's so much of this social media and just media in general, just tying things together, narratives, and this is what's like. Look, when when these two fight. What's what's happening with Russia and Ukraine is going to have nothing to do with no. with Anthony Joshua and and Alexander Usyk. When these two fight, like um, Joshua's hunger, uh, jo- the, Joshua's cars and his houses and and whatnot, mm. and I, and I even know personally that he owns a whole bunch of McDonald's in um, in West London. Um, I don't mm. know if you knew that. Um, that. That like all of those businesses and everything that, that, that it's going to have nothing to do with it because at the end of the day, mm. you've trained. The other guy's trained. Someone is mm. trying to hit you and the instincts of what you've been doing and training for for weeks and most life. of your entire life yeah, yeah, is going to kick in and you yeah. are going to want to win equally to the other person. At some point, you're, you know, guts may come into it and, and one person's more likely to say, fuck it, I'm done. And there, and there may be levels to that, you know, to, to who has more balls or bravery or whatever. Like obviously, that's that's something that comes into play. But when it starts, nothing that any of these people are saying is going to matter. No, it's not going to. And the only other thing I would add to that is the only other thing uh, I mean, I've been in, even as I say at my level, when you box with someone, it's gone two, three, four rounds. And deep down, you know that this guy is hard to hit. You almost have that... Oh, God, and you, you lose faith in yourself, and that will do a lot more damage to you as a fighter trying to win a fight, knowing that deep down you, you're struggling to land shots. And maybe at the last fight, Joshua knew that, because after round seven, eight, nine, it's kind of like everything I do here, he's going to counter. And, and that's um, an and interesting that's- point, because what if you, you've picked Usyk, right? And what if yes. in this fight, um, after three or four rounds, like Joshua is doing something that works and Usyk has, yep. a, has a closed eye or a cut that won't stop bleeding and yep. coming into his, drop, dripping into his eye or, or, so, or a broken nose or, or something yep. different from last time. It's happened through the extra weight and, and the more attack-minded approach that Joshua takes. Like, mm. how, how can you say that's not going to make a difference if there is damage? And who it doesn't matter who you are, how, how psychologically... Brave, you've been made out to be. If Usyk has suffered suffers some damage from this significant weight gain and difference that Joshua is, Joshua is differences that Joshua has made, if something changes, be it a broken nose or a, or a broken eye socket or a, or a significant cut, which is which is affecting his eyesight or his vision or or whatever, like this is a different fight immediately. <coughs> Yeah, it's a tough one, mate. It will, it will affect him. Um, but I, you know, I personally don't think it will get that far. I don't think that Joshua will land clean enough. I think he's going to leave himself open. Um, and, you know, that's going to be the problem. Um, we'll close out. Are we, we don't really agree on how this will play out overall, uh, in terms of who wins. Um, are we happy to come together and say that this one will finish? In under 11 rounds or, or even under 10.5 rounds which is longer I do I, I think it'll be it'll fin- I, as I say our bets um, the good thing about our bets Bill is that very often they complement each other 
So you'll you're saying it will go under um, 10, 10 and a half rounds. And, you know, and, and uh, quite often they coordinate each other. I just think that you could do both our bets, potentially. You, you said it's in five to eight. Um, it sounds like one. it's very different, but it's not. I'm saying that I believe he'll empty the gas tank out, but he'll succeed by doing yeah. that. And you're right. saying he'll empty the gas tank out and Usyk will still be there, which means he'll win. Yes. I mean, that, that's really yes. the main difference, right? Pretty much, mate. Pretty you, you, much. I, I, think, I think you'll get him out of there. You'll think he'll survive the, the, the onslaught and, 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 we'll, and we'll go off. on to win. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I agree with you. If he does survive the onslaught, uh, then, he, then he will win and he'll still win in under 11 rounds. So, so we, we, we're, we sound far off, but in betting terms, I don't think we are. Mm. No, no I, I think it's it's one of those ones, you know. I was close to, to having a similar similar kind of a bet to you, but I just think Usyk's too good, and I might be wrong. I just think he's too good, and it, it, and you're going to see pretty much Joshua might change his style. But I don't think you're going to see a big decision change from the last fight. Other than that, it will finish. I don't think it'll go distance. Yeah, I I'm I'm happy with that. I'm happy to put out the the under ten point five and then and then see what happens. Yeah. Um. R- really, not minding who wins. I've never been a big AJ fan. I, I just feel that um, his career is on is is on the line, and his tactics were were so bad that um, mm. that that we he's worth taking as an as an underdog, especially when the market thought the complete opposite last time, and now. They've switched the complete opposite way, like literally the same odds, but for the different for different buyers. Um, what's your um, social media and whatnot? I can get you out of here. Yeah, on, on Twitter is at Left Hook QPR, um, and that's my Twitter. Um, and yeah, there'll be a, a few boxing predictions on there as well, and tips and whatnot. And obviously, we'll, we'll be speaking again with all these fantastic fighters coming up. Yeah, like hit Jeff up. Um, about anything um, related to to boxing, and that would include um, Jeff put me on a um, a little diet plan before I went on to to the US. Like, um, gave me a little bit of a, a assistance because I had um, I had a broken leg for for ten months, and I did a few bits that I got off Jeff, and I lost like twenty to twenty, I think twenty five pounds by the time I actually left. So yeah, so he he knows what he's talking about. So yeah, it's worth. Um, Hitting him up or giving him a follow about whatever, not just um, not just boxing. Um, he follows football and obviously knows what he's doing in the gym. Now, happy to help anyone. Yeah, that, that has uh, any advice, any questions, and obviously just just don't come back if, if our bets don't fully win. You know, but we we, we win more than we lose um, always, and we've had some big wins. You know, in the past when everyone's gone the opposite. And we've said, you know, this is going to happen. So, I know you haven't been on. Wait. I know you haven't been on every show. Do you want to? Do you know the best bet record on this show since it started? I, I, I don't know exactly. But what I do know, I think we got we got three or four good ones right in a row. Then we got one wrong, and that's what everyone spoke about. The, the one we got wrong, which was the Amir Carnegie Brook fight. But, yeah. You know, before that, we picked Fury, we picked Usyk, um, we picked Conor Ben in one of his fights. We picked um, Errol Spence. Um, in fights, you know, that we picked other fights. Uh, the, the, I think the, I picked um, Joe Joyce in the Dubois fight. Um, got the rounds right, even. But um, yeah, I don't know the exact, but it would be it's, interesting, Bill. It's fifty-eight and fourteen against. There you go. All that—that's that, the best bet. Like when we come to, yeah. so, so obviously sometimes I do the show on my own, and, and and it's the lock on the show. We it includes UFC and whatnot. But yeah, all time. 
And I think you've probably been on half those shows. Um, so, yeah, 58, 58 and 14. So, I mean, that's, that's insane. I'm, try, I'm trying to, like, work that out as a, as a percentage, but I've, um, I can't get on my calculator. Well, actually, we can add this one to it um, after tomorrow night. Hold on, I'm trying to actually work that out. Fifty-eight and fourteen is um, comes to seventy-two, so fifty-eight over seventy-two. Bishop Salt Maths eighty 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 point five rounded up to eighty-one percent. Jeff, eighty-one percent of the best bet. That is, that, you ain't getting that on no other show ever. And some of them ones have been decent prices as well because I. Well, Usyk, well, Usyk was the, the bigger prices. You, you're more consistent, but the ones that do win for me are the bigger price ones. So look at that six to one. I've just now given given tonight or the seven to one even. Um, there's opportunities there. You know, well, you, that that won't that, that won't still win. that won't that won't count with this stat because this is no, the this is the best bet of yeah, the show, you, but um, Usyk to win at, yes. at, at plus 150, 6-4, was, was previously one of those bets. Mm. So that concludes this edition of the Fight Show. Long preview here of Usyk versus Joshua. Um, we'll be back for... Well, I'll be back for the UFC show, but Jeff will be back for Canelo versus Triple G. Um, until then, good luck with all of your bets as always, and thanks for listening.